I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And then, uh, and I do the callback. And they're like, we love you. It's amazing. You got to stick around. So I stayed there for a couple of days. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it's not going to happen. So then I fly back. Oh, no. And then they're, they're like, okay, we want you to do, to do the chemistry read and we're bringing in the executives. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't have, okay, I will Great. figure it out. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in the industry and a whole lot of other things, as you'll see in today's episode. What do, what do I want to talk about with y'all at the start of this? Um, I don't have a whole lot of new things to share. It's been a little difficult because I am pre-recording these um, because I have other things going on. And so I've been pre-recording these episodes so that I can stay on schedule with you guys. But uh, one thing I have failed to mention so far in my recaps with you all is that during the strike, we had the SAG after elections and I was elected to the Los Angeles local board and I am so thrilled to be there and to represent our community and one of my big missions within SAG After Politics has been to focus on and help our young performers since I was one. It's something I'm very passionate about. And I'm excited to be that voice for them on the board and 
in the convention, which I hope we will resume soon. And I just feel super honored. So if you're listening to this and you voted for me in the SAG after elections, this is a very delayed thank you. But thank you. And I I hope we can get a lot done over these next couple years and really serve our members how they need to be served. Enough about me. Let's get to today's guest. Today I have Jonathan Stoddard. He has been in literally so many things. I I can't even sit here and name them all to you because he's done so much. But uh, he has a new Christmas movie coming out, which we will talk about a little bit. But we really veered off the norm here and we talked about quantum physics and um, culinary things. He did most of the talking and I did most of the wowing, but it was a very fun conversation and I'm so happy to have met him. So here is my conversation with Jonathan Stoddard. And welcome to the show, Jonathan. Hello, hello. Good to be here. I'm very excited to have you here. It's uh, it's exciting to have somebody who is so involved in Christmas on the show just in time for Christmas. Well, I do. Uh, I've I've started noticing my own trend of doing a lot of like Christmas <laughs> stuff, and it's it's very interesting. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's a weird <laughs> weird world so to speak. Yes. Well, we will get to all of that. But the first thing I always like to ask my guests on the show is, what made you want to be an actor? Oh, that's a great question. So I don't know how much work uh, you've done on researching me, but I've had a couple different lives. Like I went to school for physics. um, I went to culinary school. I've been a professional photographer for a while. So the really interesting idea of settling in on photography uh, has always come down to the fact that there's, uh, like I literally made out a list. It was a logical concept. And there was, there was just, there was nothing else. There was nothing else in the world that I can imagine or think of that forced human introspection, compassion, expansion, growth, creativity, <clears throat> traveling, learning new things. like. Uh, forced communication, active listening, nothing in the world kind of covered all of those things to be able to become, uh, you know, the, the, the an expert in the craft. Mm. So I became an actor. Wow, that is quite the journey. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about physics and all of these past lives. I personally <laughs> am, am such a big uh, champion for people who come into acting with different degrees and different experiences because it just makes you a better actor. Yes. And I think, I mean, I, I love to hear this. Tell me everything. Uh, I don't, I don't know what got me into physics, but the quantum world is absolutely fascinating. I think as a kid, you know, when we're going through that rebellious phase and my parents are psychiatrists. So there was a lot of exploration about humanity and, and conversating and compassion for other people and all that kind of stuff. But then there were also rules. So psychology is really transient and there's a lot of justification and explanation. Mm. And the only way that it makes sense is based off of the uh, culture, what's accepted culturally in that situation. So psychologically, one thing might be okay in one place, but then not in another. And the only other thing that I found that kind of explored that, uh, those those ideas of thinking were the quantum world. Rules do not apply. That black there are black holes everywhere <laughs> in the quantum world. Particles are in like thirteen different places, or molecules are in thirteen different places at once, at the very least. 
um, string theory and every like it was just so fascinating and I remember watching documentaries as a kid and just being like a world with no rules this is so cool <laughs> um, and then there was a lot of sci-fi uh, in the late 80s and 90s for movies and I just got sucked into that world and it was just very very cool um, and so I wanted to explore it on a deeper level went to school for it and it wasn't as cool in school mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so I ended up going kind of like the physics route of cooking and health and nutrition and then went to uh, the culinary world instead wow I have you ever seen the movie I think it touches on quantum physics I saw it when I was literally like 12 years old on set it was called what the bleep do we know I was hoping you were going to say that yes did you end <laughs> up seeing the second one I haven't seen the second one no I didn't know there was a follow-up <laughs> So something that was really cool, I actually just met Marley like two no days way. ago. And I mean, not only is she a phenomenal actress from winning the Oscar back in the day, but then also she was uh, being the main character in that and doing, you know, exploring self-love and, and um, hidden messages and water and all of that. Yeah, I saw that in the theater and I was like, oh, this is <laughs> this is me. I love this. Uh, wow. It's cool. It's very cool. I love that you know that. You know, it was one of those things. I think I was working on like a pilot when I was 12 or 13, and it was in the Fox store, like the Fox Lot store. And yeah. me and my other friends who were working on the show, we were like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. And so we popped it in for like our school hours. And then we all just sat there like, what the <laughs> hell just happened? <laughs> just mind Have blown. You have you done follow-ups on the water studies and things like that? Or have you revisited it throughout your life? No, but now I think I need to, because I feel like this is a sign that I should. <laughs> it's it's kind of wild, right? Because growing up is hard. Yeah. It's weird interact and weird, weird times with the world and career and everything. And so every now and then I'll revisit, especially the water studies, hmm. um, heart math and water studies and all that kind of stuff. And it's really fascinating uh, you know, depending on what kind of journey you're on, but it's just, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, you should revisit it. it, it it's, it's different as an adult looking at stuff that, you know, blew our minds when we were kids. Yeah. I'm definitely going to now. That's like going to be top priority for me this week. Um, <laughs> tell me about your culinary journey. Were you, uh, in the kitchen, like the bear, what was going on there? Um, kind of. Yeah. yeah. So I went to the CCA, Le Cordon Bleu, mm -hmm. and I'm going to preface it with saying back when it was actually really good, no <laughs> offense, alma mater. And like there was the CIA, uh, at least within the United States, right? There was the CIA, Culinary Institute of America in upstate New York, and there was the CCA. And the CCA was kind of like right behind the CIA for, um, for everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, my mom being an avid cook was just like, son, you're going to learn how to cook. You were not going to, you're not going to be one of those men that you grow up and you're going to be like, honey, make me something. Like I'm going to teach you now. You are going to learn. And um, also again, with my parents being doctors, there is a lot of correlation. Like I, labeling was becoming a really big thing in the eighties. So ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, mm -hmm. they were throwing things out like Tic Tacs. And uh, my uh, through my studies and through physics and everything, and then through the study of the brain. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a kid, but for whatever reason, I was exposed to and really latched onto this stuff. Food, going back to Socrates and ancient Greek, you know, uh, medical, everything. Food is our medicine. Mm. 
And there's a lot of deficiency in malnutrition that ends up um, correlating to certain kinds of like ADHD or problems or high sugar and body issues, all this kind of stuff. So I ended up going into that because I, I just love people and I love being of service and I love healing and I love that whole journey of the mind and the body and everything. And so I, I really dove into that hard when I was a kid and uh, went to the CCA and I was the last program. And then Iron Chef came out Oh my gosh. and they dumbed down the program. Mm. They commercialized it, dumbed it down. Unfortunately, the CCA ended up popping up schools left and right. Mm. And I've gone back and I've talked to my chefs. I know this is a little tangential, but I've gone back and I've talked to my chefs and they've said, they're like, John, we're, it's so hard because advanced garmage, all the specialized classes that made the program so fantastic. We can't do anymore because we can't commercialize it. Mm. So they've had to really restrict it. And that's the creativity of culinary and everything. And it's, it is a hard world. The kitchen is a tough world. Yeah. Wasn't well, that just kind of a metaphor for everything that's happening right now in the world where everything yeah. just needs to be commercialized so we dumb it down or we make it easier to access or and not easier to access in a bad way, but easier to access in a way that doesn't make somebody want to fully be there. Like you can just do it because you can do it. You don't have to like have the passion or the full drive to do it. Yeah. We've, we've made like 80% of the information, right? The 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. We've made like 80% of the the information available to everyone Mm -hmm. but what makes something really exciting even within acting right as you know it's like what makes it exciting is not just being able to jump up on stage it's that 20 percent. it's that that extra mile that you go and that's when you feel accomplished that's the pride that's the joy that's the service that you get to give to others and change their lives and inspire them Mm. Um, and we don't we don't teach that anymore we just teach kind of like enough to get by yeah it's all. It's always that way. It's like here's just what you need to actually get through the day, and it's right. like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. What if I want a little more? What if I want a right. little extra? <laughs> We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And back to the show. So tell me then how you made this transition into acting. Like, what was your steps? Because I'm sure a lot of people will find this interesting, especially for people who maybe want to enter the industry and have no idea to how to as like an adult. Like, how did you find your agent and get start booking things? What was that? Oh, oh, um, <laughs> <clears throat> oh man. Because did you... I, as you know, it's changed yeah. so much. It has. Like, I was, so I'll say this. Uh, in the culinary world, the reason I went to acting is because you uh, – being a chef means you don't cook anymore. You manage a restaurant, and it's mm-hmm. about vendor relationships. And so all the passion is stripped away. So I was like, screw this. I don't want to do it. And I was cooking in – that I met were happy. Nobody was happy. Mm. And they all had like family issues or, or back problems. And it's, you can't take a sick day off from a restaurant. No. Good luck. Not when you're running it. And uh, so I asked myself that question. What would I do if I was a multimillionaire? What would I do for free? And I think that's a really important, maybe one of the biggest things that I could, par, um, you know, convey out of your question. Right. Because we all, do you remember those memes they were going around where it was like a photographer and it goes what my parents think i do and it's photographing babies and families Mm -hmm. and then it's what my friends think i do and it's photographing supermodels on the beach and then there's what i really do and it's sitting in front of a computer editing yes (laughs) yes right it's like no one's gonna tell you that acting it's the 80 20 Less than 20% yeah. is actually good. <laughs> 5%. <laughs> Let's get real. Yeah. Is actually going to be on set. Yeah. The rest of it, the rest of it is what you have to do and what you have to make of it. Um, and that's the auditioning. That's the studying. That's the reading. That's the relationships. That's learning how to give and take and how to show up and how to not show up. Because a lot of I'm starting to notice the older I get and the further I get in my career, a lot of it is not showing up to the things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go to the event. I don't want to go to the party. I don't want to hang out with these people that are more interested in partying versus actually building an incredible life or a career. Yep. So I don't want to show up to that. What I want to show up for are meeting co-inspiring people that are making change and progress within the industry and helping others. What I want to show up for is putting create, uh, together creative ideas and telling great stories and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but that's trying to learn. Uh, it's just a really interesting educational process for sure. I think too, um, like in the, I remember probably it was like 2008 through, I don't know, 2016. It, there was this weird boom of events right like there was like an event every day and then you were supposed to go to all of them but then also maintain your career and keep auditioning and do all this stuff and I remember being you know a teenager and and going to all these things all the time and there was a point when I I think I hit like 17 18 where I was just like I won't do it 
I don't, don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go. Like I just want to go to Bob's Big Boy with my friend and like have a vanilla Coke and get up and study for my audition the next day. Like I don't want to do yeah. that stuff anymore. And I think you know it's it's an important part, especially for people who are just entering this industry of knowing where that line is. Like, yeah, all the events, not all of them are going to be you know top-notch things where you're going to meet that one person who's going to change your career it's not going to be that most of them are just people there constantly and it's usually the same people over and over and over again yeah, and you're like okay it is i'm good <laughs> well and it's yeah it's really really interesting because it is it's the same people over and over and they just kind of party hop but they never really do very mm-hmm. much yeah and if they did something it was that one thing a long time ago and they're just they're writing the residuals or something, mm-hmm. which we're in a weird time right now. Yeah. Back then, you could get that one job that maybe made a difference. Yeah. You can't really get that. It doesn't work now. <laughs> any, It doesn't work like that, or at least the percentage is getting so much smaller. Now it's about who's committed, mm-hmm. who's dedicated, who's willing to stay through things like the strike or mm-hmm. who's willing to make the sacrifices and work and build and create content in a different kind of way without, and I want to be really careful saying this without selling out. Yeah. And I say selling out really delicately because, you know, we have a lot of opportunities to make money mm-hmm. now um, with social media and all that kind of stuff. We have a lot of really interesting ways that people are, trading in their passions mm-hmm. and then incredibly unhappy and i have a lot of friends who've done it but they're like no no no, i'm gonna get into social media and then i'm gonna use that to fund my acting mm-hmm. and i'll direct and i'll write and do all that but you figure it out in social media and the money's too good and they never come back mm-hmm. but they're also when i talk to them they're so unhappy and they're so distracted and it becomes this wild prison we're at a very interesting time of you can be, you can feel famous without being famous. You yes. can be an actor without being an actor. You can do short form sketch comedy, which is technically on a screen. And it's like we're trying to redefine, I think, as an industry and as a people of what kind of information we digest and ingest and all that kind of stuff. And it, there's, it, it's just becoming interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, we have like, popcorn skits and all that yeah. kind of stuff but then people get really tired of that and they want something substantial like a real meal so we i guess a lot of social media can be like empty calories like mm-hmm. drinking beer and you know and then people get the beer belly because they haven't moved because they all they've been doing is scrolling their phones and they just want like a good hearty meal and they want like that story that's going to move them and make me feel like a a real live person mm-hmm. and not ai right which is the whole thing yeah I can talk about no, that no, no. for hours. I can go on. Hours. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. think you bring up an interesting point, though, which is that, you know, I believe that, you know, the reason that we keep going back to older films and older TV shows and you want to re-binge Gilmore Girls or anything from before about 2010, you want to keep watching <laughs> yeah. everything. And it's. Yeah. I think it's because it it wasn't focused on, you know, how do we commercialize it? How do we sell it? to the point of it not having any heart or how do we, you know, use social media in a way that's going to like force people to watch it. And the older stuff just feels different because it feels feels like it has an actual heart. And 
Yeah. It's hard yeah. to try and figure out how to bring that back in an industry, especially right now when we're seeing, you know, AMPTP studios, all of them trying to force us into a way that we maybe don't want our craft to go. And uh, it's interesting to watch this explosion happen of of the entertainment industry and of our craft. I, I think the next we're living it. 10 years is going to be super telling. We are living in history. Before yeah. it took a while for us to really like keep an, an eye on history, something would happen and then, you know, it's the Malcolm Gladwell, it takes a tipping yep. point. We could witness the change, mm -hmm. it was a whole thing. We're in change all the time right now. Yeah. It's really like you're watching history. AI was just, just started really becoming a commercialized thing like mm -hmm. less than a year ago. And now you look at it and it's the things that it can do it's is everywhere. terrifying. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's my terrifying. my text messages AI auto populate, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, but yeah, I can speak about AI for quite forever. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a it's, it's a thing. It's a yeah. it's a thing. I want to talk to you though about you know the the moment when maybe you realized on set like, oh man, this is yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. I should be doing this. This is I'm on the right track. Do you have that moment? I do. Um, it's a little bit of a a dark story, but I can tell it in a light way. Okay. <laughs> we can um, go dark. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yay. Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I, so I, in short, basically I left Italy. I slept on a couch and I was like, I did a lot of theater when I was a kid. Um, for summer programs, cause I'm the youngest of four. So my parents were like, Oh, you know, uh, by the time I came around, they were like, oh, they're harder to kill than we thought. So <laughs> we don't have to like pad the corners and doorknobs anymore. Like take <laughs> off the padding off the edges of tables. If they get a dent, it'll grow back or it's personality. They're fine. Um, so I was just really <laughs> hyperactive. And so they're like, go to after school programs, sports and theater, do it. And um, so when I moved to LA and I slept on a couch, and I started doing extra work because nobody in my family has any knowledge of this industry at all. So I, I did this entirely by myself, feeling my way through the dark, stumbling my way um, brutally through the dark, started doing extra work and all this stuff. And then parkour was becoming big. And I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn a new skill. So I did parkour and then I fell and I cracked my head open. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, brick fell on me. It was great. And... <laughs> I was like, I can't act anymore. Like, there's no way. I just can't. And I've got like a scar on my head. Um, and so I left acting about a year and a half in. And it was right when the last writer's strike was happening back mm. in 2006, 2008. Or 2008 is about when all that was going on. Mm -hmm. um, when SAG after MERS. And so I left. I got back into restaurants. And, um, and then I got rescouted. Uh, by a, a dear friend of mine now in Northern California, which is where I'm from. And I started just doing like, <clears throat> you know, little things here and there and commercials and projects and all this stuff. And all of a sudden I was booking all the time and I was like, oh, maybe I should really give this a shot. And I moved down with my girlfriend at the time. And the darkness is that I was about 32. Or it was right before I turned 32. And she and I separated. And it was after five years of a relationship. Mm. And it was easily one of the most destructive and the hardest things I've ever gone through. Um, 
because she was uh, kind of going in and out of things with rehab and stuff like that. And so I wanted, it, it was a lot about my identity as a man, as a human being to be by her side throughout all of this. And I, it's, I have to accept obviously full responsibility for where I let myself go. Mm-hmm. And I went to a, like just a very hard place caring for someone else. And so at the bottom, I was completely destroyed as a human being, everything, couldn't see a way out. And I decided, you know what? I am going to queen of England this. I'm going to marry the throne. And I'm going to commit my life to acting. I'm going to start journaling every night. I'm going to start because quantum physics and the quantum world also really touches on spirituality, manifestation, Mm -hmm. um, vibration, energy, everything. And I was like, I am going to, talking about sell out, I am going to sell out to the process and I'm going to marry the throne. And I did that. And I started taking action and I worked inside and within, it's one of the coolest things that I love talking to young actors about. I didn't get new headshots. I didn't all of a sudden get a six pack. I didn't (laughs) work out. And in fact, I was eating, I was surviving off a gas station food because I was so poor. Um, I developed at 31 adult acne where if I shaved, like I was destroying my face. Oh my gosh. Uh, It was so tough. But as soon as I made this commitment and I sold my life to the process and to what I needed to do and just trusted the journey, within three months, I was the top commercial booker at Daniel Hoff. Within uh, about a year, I was on Young and the Restless and Showtime shows and things like that. And I've been full-time for the last seven years and it hasn't slowed down. And I think I've done about a movie a month for the last, every month for the last three and a half years. Um, dang. Yeah. Yeah. And it's now I'm looking at, you know, making a shift and nobody told me how to do this. Mm. I just kind of decided I'm going to be everywhere and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I think, you know, manifestation, (laughs) I am trying to think, um, manifestation. I know that was a lot. No, no, no. It's, it's good. It's, it's, I get it. It's, um, this industry is so flipping hard if you don't let go, right? Let go in the sense of I can't control anything, but I'm going to control what I can and I'm going to use positive thinking and manifestation and all the things to help me through this, but I'm not going to stress about every single thing every single day because you have to let the process do the process. Yeah. Yeah. As I sit here with my board. (laughs) Wait, what's the board? What's the it's, is that your dream board? Yeah, it's my it's my dream board. Yeah, it's it's up here. It's right here. Yes, it's hanging out. I have it at my desk. <laughs> you got to. You got to be able to visualize what you, you want, to. right? You have to know that it's going to happen. Otherwise, it's just not going to. Have you noticed any? Uh, have you noticed that weird thing where you put things on your vision board and then? It could even if you don't really focus on it, like a year or two later, you're like. Wait, I put a place on my vision board and I'm there. Yeah. Or I wanted this and now that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have had those moments of uh, realization where I'm like, oh, wow, that was something that um, I put on my board a couple of years ago. Cool. That's that's interesting. Love it. Let, it's so, so wild. Just add to it. Um, and you just keep going, right? You just keep visualizing and figuring out what it is that you want your life and your career to look like. Yeah. Um. Well, on the show, we like to share audition stories of the past. They can it's be about funny. that time. 
They can be sad. They can be the one that got away. Do you have a story you'd like to share with the listeners? Okay. okay. So, um, I mean, there there's like little fun things like, oh, I auditioned for um, the CW Superman. They obviously went a different direction. Uh, and there it. are like little, there are like little things here and there, right? <clears throat> but there's one audition that I, it, the movie never got made. Oh, I it hate when that made. happens. But this was, you know, I, it's funny because if I, you know, go through my journals, I even have recordings on my phone, uh, just through the recording app and stuff of like just getting excited that I like got to booked on a chase extra job or that I got a call back. So I wasn't a working actor at this point. And I was just starting to like really commercials were, I mean, I guess I was a working actor, but I was, I was more in the commercial world. And I had this audition for a movie uh, called Black Rose and they were selling it. It's like, you know, we have a big name attached, blah, blah, blah. And it's out of Atlanta. So I scrape the money together and I fly out to Atlanta. I do the audition and then I fly back. And then literally I get back and within a couple hours, they're like, we're going to bring you in for a callback. Two days from now. <laughs> You're like, I guess I'm just going to stay at the airport. So now when you don't have money, right? $5 is a lot. $10 is a lot. Let alone a last minute trip to Atlanta round trip. Mm-hmm. And they said, we need you to stick around just in case there's a chemistry read. And the chemistry read is going to be with Elizabeth Moss. Oh my God. And you'd be playing opposite Elizabeth in this movie. And you're so far the first choice, and they really, really love you. And I was like, amazing. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is going to be so cool. Uh, so I, I scraped together the money. I think I borrowed the money because I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. I borrowed the money. I fly back to Atlanta. Not going to happen. So then I fly back. Oh, no. And then they're, they're like, okay, we want you to do, to do the chemistry read. We're bringing in the executives. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't have, okay, I will Great. figure it out. So, so I figured out, uh, my dad helped me and I think someone else, I like pulled together from like 10 friends. I'm like, guys, please support, and, you know, <laughs> early, the early form of GoFundMe. Um, and I was, so I go out there and I arrive at the chemistry read and I'm sitting in the office and she's like, oh, and there's someone else mm. there uh who's playing one of the other characters that they're doing the cameras for and they're like oh yeah it's gonna be really cool you know blah 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 this this scene that scene and i was like i didn't what are you talking about all i've done are these scenes and they go your agent who's not my agent my my agent now is not this person but i was like um wait what we had different scenes for the chemistry read and my agent didn't tell me and it's two scenes six pages i know and I'm going in in 15 minutes. Oh, no. Okay. Um, Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, talk about like, whoo. So, anyway, all I can say is uh, I went in there. I mean, the movie never got made, so that's not on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I rocked it. You know, it's those little moments as an actor um, that – you figure it out and you strengthen the muscles to be able to like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to rock it. You know, what's important, what's not, how can I hyper learn this as fast as possible? 
still perform in some kind of an authentic way. And uh, met the EPs and everyone was great. Um, Elizabeth wasn't there, but they had me do chem reads with other people. And, um, and it was really fantastic. And then I was pinned for a long time. And then they said that it was purchased, the rights were purchased by someone else. They were going in a different direction. I think it was going to be like Lion, I don't know, somebody, a bigger studio or something got it. Uh, and then they never ended up making the movie because I can't, you know, you, you go on. You go and on you're IMDb. Like, you're like, who did it? I'm going to check. <laughs> Who did it? And a lot of the times, right? You look and you're like, okay, yeah, they went Asian. I could, right. I can't I compete can't with person. that. Like, if they did white guy, blah blah blah, who looks like me, ah, yep. But otherwise, different ethnicity. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good on you. Like, sure, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's um, but, such a bummer. And then you were out so much money. <laughs> so much money. So much, and it took a while to pay that back because oh commercials don't pay like the next day. You're looking at 30, 60, 90 day out and even residuals that, that was quarterly at the time and, you know, every 13 weeks. Ugh, that, was a, that was that was an experience. That's, that's painful <laughs> to listen to, truly. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so what's next for you? you? You've got some more movies coming out. What What's on the horizon in your life? Um, I've got another Christmas, so I had a Christmas movie come out on Hulu, um, called The Christmas Frequency, uh, with Anzi Gordon and Denise Richards and just great people. And so that came out earlier this year, uh, like last month. And then I have another one coming out December 23rd called, called A Royal Christmas Holiday. Kind of do the British Prince thing every now and then. Oh. Yeah. We got a prince on our <laughs> um, hands. Uh, yeah, every, every once in a while. I don't know why. I mean, there's so many people who can, well, of course I know why. You have, you have a prince um, look about you. Apparently. Uh, but that's a whole other story for another time. But the whole <laughs> British prince thing is great. And that's fun. So that comes out uh, December 23rd. And then going into next year, it's actually, I'm actually really excited about next year. Um, I've got some some really cool projects lined up that kind of push the boundaries of genre and period. And um, I don't know how to say what I want to say necessarily, but the it's just going to be a very exciting step in my career to have been working as hard as I have um, in one of the toughest industries in the world. And then to find myself with several projects lined up next year that to me are going to be uh, life changing and mm. career changing. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. We got to a, lot, I got a, lo a lot to look forward to a lot going on. I love it. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, how can people follow you on social media? Speaking of social media, uh, so that they can keep up with all of your fantastic things happening. So the only thing I really do is Instagram. I hear um, that. Yeah. My God, there's so many. Uh, so that one is just John Stoddard official. No H because I am a Jonathan abbreviated. So it's just J-O-N Stoddard official. There you go. And other than that, um, I'd say that's the best way to kind of like stay tuned and follow because now with threads and po like – Everyone wants to There's hear like your thoughts on every single thing. Blue sky thing too, which I don't even know. Like my friends keep be trying to invite me to blue sky. I'm like, I don't, I What's can't. Blue sky? I guess it's like a new type of Twitter thing. I don't. 
I don't know. There's threads. Why? Too. I don't know. Why? I don't know. It's too much. Go read a book. Everyone's got reels. Everyone, yeah, just blah, blah. It's so wild. I know. I, none of it makes any sense because we're all just posting the same thing. I know. And then you just take the same video and you're just like, everyone's just uploading to try to keep up with the right. Like, ah. Yeah. We need roller skates and parks and books again, and that's it. Oh, um, but it was great. so lovely talking to you. I'm so excited to great see where to your career to. goes, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks again to Jonathan for coming on the show and hanging out with me for a little bit. Make sure to check out his new movie, A Royal Christmas Holiday, and uh, follow him on Instagram to keep up with all of his fun stuff. If you haven't hit that subscribe button by now, Subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it. Make sure to leave us some love in the form of rates and reviews. And until next time, thanks for coming in. Six girls. I'm Cassie Waters. Bridget Nilsson. Mariella Williams. I'm Gloria Smith. I'm Annabelle Crow. I'm Nadia Olson. One book. Light face, dark ascends, and whisper in shadow. And a demon from hell. <laughs> Calling Darkness. Available wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>